How's it going, Yamitators? Episode 134. Yeah. Duplex Comedy Suplex was awesome. We had um, Julia Prescott, Nick Flanagan, and Greg Kashmanian. Um, yeah, not a not a big turnout, but it was still an awesome show. So we're doing this every Thursday. Come on out to Duplex Comedy Suplex. Also go to facebook.com slash Yamitat with Doug Culp. Like the page, tell people about it, talk about talk on it i'm not the greatest at keeping that one updated um go to itunes or stitcher whatever you're listening to this on and rate it review it tell people about it spread the word um my twitter is at dougathan d-o-u-g-a-t-h-a-n show's twitter is at yamatat y-a-m-a-t-a-t um the twitter for duplex comedy suplex is at duplex comedy And there's an Instagram that's at Duplex Comedy Suplex. Also, I've got a donate button on my web page at yamatat.com through PayPal. There's a link for the U.S. and there's a link for Australia. Any help there would be great. be awesome. And, um, yeah. Now, yam it up with me. And me. And you. And me. And thoughts and talk. You get it. With me. It's just me. And here's how this episode is going to go. So I am just going to kind of tell everyone about me. And um, I mean, I feel like I've done that enough in previous episodes piecemeal. But this way it can just be like, hey, who's this dude who I'm listening to? Um, I got a, I've got a lot of backstory, you guys. I'm, a D, I'm like a D&D character. Um, in that I have a deep, rich backstory and that one day I'll probably die. Um, so let's see. I don't know. I was born, I was born in the Bay Area. Ah, the Bay Area. Uh, only lived there till I was two. So then we moved to Reno. And this one time in Reno, we, um... There was a huge snowstorm, and um, I climbed on top of one of the radiators in the apartment complex, and I jumped off, and I landed in a seated position, and I was like, this is my throne. This is my snow throne. It was pretty dope. (laughs) Um, We used to hang out in the parking lot with the other apartment kids, and... um, ride in a shopping cart that was just an abandoned shopping cart there um that was that was interesting what else it wasn't interesting it was just fun um we moved from the apartments to a house we got a dog named charlie charlie was dope didn't really bark that was one thing where I was like, oh, awesome. <laughs> it's not going to like keep us up at night or, um, you know, you know, how you guys know how dogs do. I mean, they're, they're awesome. But sometimes I'm like, okay, quiet, quiet, please, 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 please. <laughs> Um, what else? What else? 
Oh, okay. So hold on a second. Before I go deep into my shit, um, I was just watching the um, Democratic National Convention, and Obama gave a speech, and it was dope. And um, yeah, it was just uh, it was a good, it was a good speech. You could tell that he felt what he was saying. He wasn't just like spouting rhetoric or hateful shit or um yeah it was it was hopeful and it was cool um yeah and anyone who i mean i don't even uh i'm not even gonna give the other person uh airtime because he's just a brand and he's a stupid piece of shit all right um yeah, so Reno, we went to Tulsa from there. We made fun of the accents that people would have on the whole car ride over. Um, <laughs> that was... I mean, not everyone has a really thick accent there. Sometimes they'll say, I'm f I was fixing to do something, but other than that, I don't know. Pretty standard. We... I survived a tornado. There's this tornado that came through the neighborhood in um, Tulsa, and it hit one of the houses in our neighborhood, and it jumped like our whole um, street, and then it hit a house on the other side of us. That was crazy. Um, but when you're yeah, when I was that little, I don't know, there wasn't internet, and then there wasn't smartphones to distract the kids and stuff, and if there was a tornado, it was just like, alright, well, this is the reality of the situation. For that one, um, we had to get in the bathtub with our dad, it was me and my little sister, and, um, and my dad grabs the, uh, box spring. And then he puts, he's holding the box spring over me and him and my sister in the bathtub. And the whole time I'm like, whoa, cool, a tornado. And my sister's freaked out. And I'm sure my dad is freaked out because he's like, this is it. This could be it. This could be it. We die in a bathtub just trying to not get blown away by a tornado. But we didn't. And um, it was crazy. And meanwhile, um, my sister and my mom and I think my brother uh, were taking refuge in this lady's house and they called her Tornado Jane because her name was Jane and um, I think they had stopped um, mom and Rob and other sister. I can't remember which sister was at which. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's just the truth. So, anyway, um, they went to Tornado Jane's because I think they went out of the van and just kind of went into the ditch. Or maybe maybe they just went up to this random lady's house. I think that's what actually happened. Because um, I was going to say they went to the ditch and then Jane came out and was like, Don't be in the ditch. Come in my house. Um... But they were having a good time. 
and uh, we were uh, in the bathtub, cowering. <laughs> um, Tulsa had this cinnamon roll place called TJ Cinnamons in the Woodland Hills Mall, and um, there was a thing called a cinnacone, and it was a little paper cone. They give you five or six mini cinnamon rolls, and then they just drizzle on the icing until you say stop. So I loved the cinnacone, and every time we went to the mall, I got one. And when I was moving out to California from northern Kentucky, we'll get there, um, I was like, I am going to stop in Tulsa, and I'm going to go to TJ Cinnamons. I'm going to get a cinnacone. It's going to be the best day of my fucking life. And I went in there. And I was like, uh, is TJ Cinnamon still in the food court? I can't, I can't find it. And the kid was just like, what? And I was like, oh no. Oh no. It's gone. There's no more TJ Cinnamons. I looked into it. I, um, Arby's like bought them and then they had these little kiosks where they'd sell, um, cinnamon rolls to everyone. And that was TJ Cinnamons. But the fact is it wasn't fresh because it came from another place and then went to Arby's and so people wouldn't really buy it or they'd buy it and they'd be underwhelmed because the good thing about DJ Cinnamons was getting it fresh from them. So I'm speaking now of a relic of the past. If anyone has ever tried TJ Cinnamons, write in, call in to the number that doesn't exist because this isn't a call-in show. But, um... Yeah, right in. If anyone knows TJ Cinnamons and the deliciousness that is their, their, their cinnamon rolls. Because I tried Cinnabon and it f- it's fucking stupid. I hate the um, cream cheese frosting. I don't want my frosting slathered on my cinnamon roll. I want icing drizzled onto my cinnamon roll. Oh man, just saying it right now makes me so hungry for cinnamon rolls. Um, Ben and Jerry's cinnamon buns. That's the best flavor of ice cream I've ever tried in my entire life because of my love of cinnamon rolls. Um, Snickerdoodles, really good cookie. Again, cinnamon, cinnamon sugar. You seeing a pattern here? I love cinnamon sugar. Um, (laughs) so Tulsa, that was pretty much Tulsa. Um, oh, right. There was a, there was a time where my mom... Well, my mom's a nurse, and we were all on our way to church. Um, I grew up going to the Mormon church, and I haven't been in a while, and it's been pretty dope, but we'll get there. So, um, so the, in Tulsa, one time, we pulled over, and my mom gets out of the car to help this guy who's on, just in the road, and he, he's not moving, and so she's a nurse and she's like maybe I can help him and she goes out there and she sees that his head has been like shot off not the entire head but I think like from the I don't know I don't know how the shot would have happened I was little and I don't um I don't remember it too well or like as it being something scary or um I think my mom explained it to us pretty medically and because again she's a nurse and so it was it was always very uh scientific and by the book like things 
things not to be scared of, I guess. Um, but, yeah, she made us go see um, a shrink at her... Uh, and I don't use that term derogatively. I just like the term shrink. Um, at her um, hospital. And they were just like, how did you feel about what you saw? So then, I, um, like, I don't know. This girl, Jillian weird, Bain, guess. comes like, up what to do me. You, what do you say to that? And you know? says, do you think um, I'm pretty or do you think I'm cute or yeah. something? That was, and so that's at the time, so yeah. then I did. We so I said, yeah. To and then Santa she need me in the nard. Ten years old. Going into like what? Uh, fifth grade. What kind of cartoon Doug has just come uh, out? Any kind of so reinforcement. What did I get? Brand new in kid in school. It's not. Do that's not cool. Another time, someone uh, was like, "Oh, it was." Um, <laughs> and I've and I've told this story to her before. It's Kelly Stephen. <laughs> She, I think she asked me, or she heard from someone Every day. that I thought she was cute. <laughs> and then she like, "Where's your dog Porkchop? Where's your girlfriend and I was like, Patty?" I never gave you. Um, and I'm like, "Where's your friend okay. Skeeter?" Like what? <laughs> Real original guys. Real okay. good. I was, I was in fifth um, grade, and at that time I knew. I was so that just was like, weird. This is know? fucking hack. Just being at this the point. new kid, <laughs> like being the new kid, a lot. I was the new kid a lot in school. I get it. I Sometimes get it. it You've seen the show. Me Other times too. it was okay. Usually sucks. Um, but yeah, I made a I made a good core group of friends. Um, on my Instagram a couple weeks ago, I think I posted this um, recording of me and my friend Andy Keel, pretty much recording our first like a podcast when there was no podcast this was 20 years ago and um it was cool to see that and in one of the in one of the clips my friend andy goes who wants to listen to a bunch of people talk anyway and i'm like oh that is so perfect that is so good um so yeah andy keel adam murray wait adam marshall i'm sorry Adam Marshall, um, Brett Cottrell, oh man, Austin Ianson, Jared Malone, I had, we, there was a crew, there was a, there was a nerd crew, me and Jared didn't start hanging out till like 8th grade, but, um, we hung out a ton, and me and Andy tried out for the, um, talent show, didn't get in. Me and Jared tried out for the talent show. Didn't get in. Um, yeah, it was around um, seventh grade where I started to enjoy pranks. Just pranking people, you know? Just a little... So I uh, used to know how to spell anything. People would come to me and they'd be like, yo, how do you spell this? How do you spell that? Because, there was again, there was no smartphones. There was no... Um, Way to just look it up real quick. I mean, dictionaries are heavy, you know? I get it. So people would ask me, and then sometimes I would go, um, M-O-Q-R, and if you say, if you're spelling something for someone fast enough, they're not going to pay attention 
to what you're saying. They're just going to write the letters that you say. And um, that's uh, that's where I got the name Mockboy. That's like one of my first emails I ever used. And then that's what my um, blog is, my um, WordPress. Mockboy Media. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think around then when I... And I'd been watching SNL and um, staying up late and later and watching SCTV. Um, a lot of a lot of cool comedy influences around that time. Um, let's see, man, Santa Maria. There's a drive-in. We'd go to the drive-in. Um, there was strawberry picking. You can go out and pick your own strawberries. The 101 was the only freeway I knew growing up. That was the freeway. That was pretty crazy. Because 101 just cuts right through Santa Maria. Um, uh, so, I'm 14. I'm hanging out at my friend Austin's place. And my parents show up. And they're like, Doug, we need to talk. And I fucking knew. I knew we were going to move. This was end of 8th grade. We had just graduated. Everything was chill. We were all going to go into high school together. And um, I was going to be in choir. And um, I was going to... Like, my brother was going to be a senior while I was a freshman. So that was going to be dope. I was going to have, like, people... Oh, people knew Robbie, so then they'll know me or whatever. And then, finally, I wouldn't be a new kid. So they show up to Austin's house... And I fucking knew it. I was like, we're moving, aren't we? And I cried my eyes out. Because guess where we were moving? From Central Coast, California, chill, dope-ass place to live, um, to Northern Kentucky. And But I didn't even think Northern Kentucky. We were told Cincinnati we were going to try and live in Ohio. Because um, I was distraught over the lack of... Uh, choir programs i really really wanted a good uh, choir program because when acapella is good and it's together it's really good and um i i wanted to do that but i was ripped away we went to um northern kentucky we lived there because it was cheaper and um uh robbie my brother stayed behind and he finished out his senior year there which kind of caused a rift. It was weird. Like, everyone was just like, uh, okay. Like, that was the general consensus <laughs> between the siblings and the parents. It was just like, uh, okay. Later. And, um, things haven't really been the same since. It was weird. So, cut to, cut to... Because this is a visual medium. Northern Kentucky. First day of high school. Um, I'm pretty sure this is the first day of high school. Algebra 1. Wait. Were Josh and I in Algebra 1 and 2 together? Anyway. He sees my... I think so, yeah. He sees my uh, math book. And it says McDougal, because it's McDougal Little is the uh, publishing company. 
And he's like, your name's Doug? That says McDougal. You're Doug McDougal. <laughs> and I was like, all right. <laughs> oh, man. Good times. That, oh, man. But that high school was a fortress. It was, like, so conservative and shitty. Like, the... um basketball or the football team and the cheerleaders got like all the money and then they won all the championships and meanwhile my freshman year of high school my choices of choir were concert choir and that's it and then the next year was like um concert choir and show choir i took show choir i thought that would be fun i was wrong (laughs) it was okay then third year i was like fuck show choir, I'm going to take concert choir again just so that it's easy and whatever and I'm still singing and it's easy. Some people got selected to go into select choir, but we still had to try out. But, like, some some tone-deaf kids still got through. And then senior year, I was like, whatever, I've done it three years already, I'll do it again. Um... Yeah. I had some fun in that choir, but... For the most part, I was just, like, resenting (laughs) the lack of any kind of cool program. Um, We'd go to Newport on the Levee, which was an outdoor mall that opened up. There was a pretty good movie theater there. We'd go to Bogarts in Cincinnati and go see shows, go see bands play. Um... I loved going there, and I loved going to The Void and um, Top Cats, I think. There's a couple places. Bogarts is the main one. That was where I first saw um, Real Big Fish. And uh, my dad took me to that show. That was pretty dope. Because he was into ska around the ska boom. And so he'd come with me to shows sometimes. One time I was like, I'm going to go see Less Than Jake. And he was like, I want to go. I was like, all right, cool, come on. Um, Oh, he took me to see uh, Billy Joel. That was my first, like, um, big, big event concert. Oh, you know what? I skimmed over um, in Santa Maria. That was the first time I ever saw a show. It was the Aquabats, and... It changed my life because I was like, oh, wow, music can be this. Music can be, like, really fun and just, like, who gives a shit and just dancing and um, friends and foes. Like, what is that? Um, That was in, like, that was in 96, I think. I I was 12. And um, uh, I saw them three more times, once with uh, Mad Caddies, once with um, Pharmaceutical Bandits, once with um, the hippos and my superhero. Um, so that was another thing that I was getting ripped away from, not just the high school, but the cool, the cool-ass shows I was going to, the music that I would miss out on. Living in Cincinnati, not everyone toured in Cincinnati. Couldn't afford to just go on a national tour to Cincinnati. But also sometimes bands would just skip Cincinnati altogether, which kind of sucked. Um, so the Aquabats... Yeah, they were a big influence in just awesomeness in music in my life. Um, Northern Kentucky, high school, Newport on the Levee, 
bowling. Sometimes all there was to do was go bowling. Hey, let's go to the Super Bowl, the two-story bowling alley, and let's go bowling. Um, me and my friend David Chapin were mall rats before there was... I'm, it was, I think it was right before that movie came out. We would go and we would get, eat mild sauce packets from Taco Bell or we'd get hooked up with tokens from Tilt in the arcade. Um, we'd go to the Lazarus Home Store and rest and recline on these chairs that we knew we'd never be able to afford, but it was so comfortable in the meantime. There was this one chair that was, um, it was, it was like cushions, um, like everything was stuck to the chair like everything was in place uh so cushions not removable it was all just one piece and um there was like metal framing and so it looked like the chair was going to be like ah how comfortable could this thing be holy shit you guys it was so comfortable it was it was incredible and it was like two thousand dollars and i was like oh yeah i'll never ever ever be able to afford this <laughs> like someday yes i probably will be able to afford it but it's gone we went back time after time after time and i tried to find that thing again and it was gone it, it went real quick okay so i'm gonna backtrack a little bit <coughs> back at the eighth grade field trip when we went to um we went to San Francisco, so we went to Fisherman's Wharf, and we went to Alcatraz, and me and my buddy Jared broke off the tour from Alcatraz, and we just kind of had our own tour. That was pretty dope. Also scary. We were just like, whoa, this is crazy. Um, uh, at one point, we went to a magic shop, and I bought this lighter that I thought was just an electric lighter. Maybe it was a souvenir shop. Uh, but anyway, I thought it was an electric lighter and, um, those are, those are cool. Cause if you don't know, you can take out the electric thing and just kind of shock people with it. We would do that for fun. We were kids, whatever. Do that if you want. But this was no electric lighter. This was an electric lighter. <laughs> It, uh, it shocked you. It shocked you, or it shocked anyone who, who, uh, pushed the button. And, um, so me and my friend had fun on the rest of the trip getting people to think it was an actual lighter, and we were like, here, try it out. It's pretty cool, huh? And they they get shocked. Like, we got our teacher to do it. We got a bunch of, um, other kids to do it. So then, I started bringing this lighter to school, this electric, this fake electric lighter, and not to be like, oh, cool, I got a lighter, huh? But just to show that, like, it shocks you, and, like, I, it, I can, it can shock me, and, like, it's, I've gotten used to it at this point. It's not very shocking anymore. <laughs> and then they do it, and they drop it. This one kid, one time I was showing that it wouldn't shock me, and he, took it and he threw it and it broke and I was like well that's the end of that um also around that same time I was into yo-yoing and juggling I got okay at juggling and I've gotten better um since then but yeah I started juggling around when I was like 10 or 11 um okay electric lighter 
What else? I'm telling you what's happening right now. I picked this up on the next day. Because this is my episode. I'm the only guest. I'm currently eating... Some soup. It's those Campbell's like soup in a bag thing. It's actually pretty good. I mean, considering it's soup in a bag, it has flavor, you know? You would think it'd just be like, oh, it tastes like a bag. It tastes like soup in a bag. At one point, Campbell's was trying to do a ad campaign where they were like, you know what we're going to do? We're going to hang out with our friends tonight, and we're going to fucking eat some soup. Soup, 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 soup. Just grab it and go. Just grab the bag and go. <laughs> no one believed them. It didn't work. Hey, you guys. Let's go eat some soup. Soup, 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 soup. Mm. So I'm eating while I'm recording because I'm also recording leading up to setting up for Duplex Comedy Suplex. Um, so you're hearing this the day after Duplex Comedy Suplex, and I probably, I usually do talk about it in the intro of about Duplex and how it went and everything. I'll probably do that in the outro. I don't know. This is a crazier episode, you know? Anything can happen. Anything can happen. So, um, on my 16th birthday, um, some friends and I went bowling for my birthday. And it was an awesome party. I just remember laughing a lot. At one point, my friend David Reichman um, smacks me on the back and goes, Oh, Dugathan. And that was the first time I'd ever heard Dugathan as a nickname for me or for any Doug. And so I was like, Oh, I'm keeping that. So that's where my Twitter name comes from. Um, <coughs> oh, Dugathan. Um... <laughs> oh shit that guy's hilarious um yeah that was that was that uh that trip i think i also had a date that night but it was like because it was my 16th birthday it felt <clears throat> set up and not real and it was fine um i can't remember what movie we all saw but, yeah. Oh, you know what? I think it might have been AI? Maybe. I don't know. I might have seen that on my own. I used to sneak two liter bottles of Mountain Dew into the theater with me. And I used to drive around with a two liter bottle of Mountain Dew and drink out of it all day. I did. I would keep it in the fridge. And then just whenever I was thirsty, go drink out of my dew. And yeah, I'd bring it along. I got one of those attachments for your, um, the, the armrest 
holder because I didn't have cup holders in this stupid car that I had. Or, or I mean, none of them would have been big enough. Let's be honest. Because uh, it's a fucking two liter. So I got this um, cup holder extender that um, <clears throat> it clicks out to just an enormous size, a ridiculous size, but it also clicks down to the still ridiculous size of a two liter. And I would drive around with a two liter and my cup holder and drink out of the two liter while I was driving. <laughs> Always Mountain Dew. Oh man. And I had a, um, automatic at that point. So it was safer. Dude, I used to, um, look at my CD case in front of me while steering with my leg <laughs> and, and, um, and still drive really well, but it's going to be a good day when we can have those self-driving cars where it's going to be like, listen, I don't want to drive right now, but I'd like to get there. I'd like to get there on my own. That would be dope. Self-driving car. Um, what else? High school. You know. Um, I was a goober child. Ninth through twelfth. Around around sophomore mid sophomore year, I really stopped caring about. Um, my hair, I stopped gelling it, I stopped giving a fuck at all, and, um, and girls would be like, oh, did you forget to brush your hair today? And they'd, like, come up to me with a comb or brush, and I was just like, get out of here. It was bedhead, it was bedhead, and they were just like, oh, did you forget to, and I was just like, shut the fuck up, I don't care about any of this, but really I didn't cuss back then, so it was probably like, shut the freak up. Shut the freak up. He's talking in the car. Oh, it worked. Um, so, yeah. Let's see. Yeah, high school. Eh. It was crazy um, because the internet wasn't what it is today. They were still like 10 years behind... Um, California in pretty much everything. Well, not everything, but just, it was, it was crazy because I went from this like cool surf and skate culture and to like people here farm, like people here legitimately farm and they go to school to farm and we need farmers, but that was a shock to me. Because I was like, I never, <laughs> it was probably, probably in the back of my mind, it was like, I never thought I'd actually meet a farmer before. <laughs> um, yeah, so Kentucky, 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 went to my um, first warp Tour, when was that? That might have been Utah or Kentucky. Warped Tour went to Kentucky one time, and then it was like, nope, never again. I used to go see, uh, like, Homegrown and um, Real Big Fish and Bad Religion. I've seen so many bands 
it's uh, if I went on to list them right now, you guys would just be like, all right, now you're just listing bands that you like, and then it would get boring, even more boring than me explaining how boring it would get. <coughs> a lot of bands. Oh, that that comes into play too. Hold on, so um, I go in um, after graduation, after high school graduation, I go to Utah for school. And I'm there for six months, three of them at uh, BYU and the other three at the school down the road because I was like, oh, I'm done with BYU. Um, and it was fine. No luck at all um, in the uh, dating department at that at that time. And at that time, it was, uh, I don't know, I just put more stress on it, I guess, of just like asking out girls all the time i don't know if it was all the time but you know i was uh, i was horned up i was i was uh <laughs> i was 18 and um um yeah i hung out with this one girl a lot but we never dated but we would like go to the movies a bunch and we'd play chess and we'd just talk it was like a weird platonic relationship but i was into her but she wasn't into me <laughs> but nothing ever happened um so i've at this point i've discovered ddr dance dance revolution and i'm playing it i'm playing it a lot while i'm up in school at utah i'm playing like two sometimes three hours a night just because i fucking love it and i'm having fun the music is like very danceable and um and i lose 35 pounds so i'm on a diet of mountain dew um cereal homemade bean and cheese burritos hot dogs and cheez-its and oreos and milk i think that was that was my like consistent diet <laughs> then <laughs> and then sometimes i'd go out to eat you know but, um, so I was eating that stuff, drinking only Mountain Dew. I rarely drank water at all. <coughs> and, um, no dates, you guys. Could you believe it? <laughs> um, so, uh, oh yeah, so I lost 35 pounds, though, also, only eating and drinking those things. Oh, and Hot Pockets and, um... When I was at BYU, they didn't have Mountain Dew. Like, they had caffeine-free Mountain Dew, I think, but they... So I was just like, ah, fuck that. I don't know. I'll get... No, I don't even think they had caffeine-free Mountain Dew. They did have orange soda, and at that point, I was on the meal plan, so I was like, I'm going to drink orange soda, eat cereal, eat Hot Pockets. And I did. It was good. Um... So, lost 35 pounds. I come home from, um, from school, and I look different, because I've lost weight. People recognize me still, and they're like, whoa, what's up? You lost weight. I'm like, all right, cool, thanks. <laughs> and, um, and then I had some, some luck. In the in the dating department 
right before the mission. <laughs> it was, um, I had like four months before the mission to Dominican Republic where I wouldn't be able to date or like see a girl like that for two years. Um, so at that point, there was a few different girls all right there was four there was four different girls we made out it was great <laughs> um went on the mission dominican republic that was crazy it was awesome it was um as a result of it i speak spanish so i'm bilingual um si alguien allá entiende espanol lo va a entender entonces y podemos conversar en otra idioma uh, that was Spanish everyone um, so yeah Dominican Republic that was where so um, in the time when we weren't going door to door and like telling people about the church and stuff um, we had time to study in the house and I rarely ever used that time to study I uh, I did learn with uh, one of my mission companions how to juggle continuously behind the back I kind of taught myself how to do it and then both of us were able to because he could juggle as well um, that was cool that was really cool because it was like, whoa! I I learned a new skill. <laughs> I learned a new skill. Who wants to see me do continuous behind the back? I can still do it. I can't do it for long, but I can still do it. Um. Yeah. Oh yeah. At one point we were, because uh, we were both big uh, into movies too, and so we would talk each other through a movie that the other hadn't seen because we weren't allowed to watch the movies so we would be walking in the streets like going to a house or going to an appointment or whatever and then he's like walking me through witness like that's how i saw witness <laughs> with a full detailed description <laughs> and it sounds really good i gotta watch it now i've already seen it in my head witness man yep um let's see what else um um in Dominican Republic there was a mall a big mall and it was only in um if you were in one of the city like the big city part of the mission you were able to go there on um preparation day on Wednesday and it just felt like a slice of a slice of home you know there was air conditioning that was nice there was just a bunch of uh, fast food places that you don't see every day um, I don't know I got Taco Bell a lot <laughs> what I didn't want was KFC because every day was beans rice and chicken beans rice and chicken because that was their meal in Dominican Republic Every day we're going to have beans, rice, and chicken. Oh, what do you want tomorrow? Uh, bean, beans, rice, and chicken? Yeah. Oh, uh, let's have some more beans, rice, and chicken to, the next day, too. 
or if it wasn't chicken, it was beef, but it was usually chicken. So then we'd go to the, the Plaza Internacional and um, I'd see the KFC and I'd just beeline the other way. I was like, I don't want to see chicken for a lifetime. But I still eat chicken. I just ate some chicken in that soup that I was eating earlier. Um, yeah, the Plaza Internacional. One time me and uh, this other missionary took a picture in front of the movie theater to make it look like we just came from the movies. <laughs> look, at the, look at those rebellious two. Look at those rebellious too, seeing a film. Seeing a film in the middle of the day. Oh, man. We had maids there. That was dope. We we just paid them a, a weekly um, allowance. And... Not allowance. Wage. We paid them a weekly wage. I, I call it allowance because what, um, the word translated from uh, like what our bank funds were is allowance. So what's our monthly allowance from the from the money that our parents were paying to our parents or the church was paying there is a fund for people who can't afford it the church collects it and pays um but anyway um let's see the mission so I come home from the mission and um And I'm I'm ready to leave Kentucky because I got there and I was like, all right, I've got this plan. I'm going to move to California, Southern California. That was my goal, Southern California. And I had talked a little bit with um, a friend of mine who we both went into the Missionary Training Center together. And I was like, hey, I'm moving out to California in January. Uh, I wish I had some place to stay. And he goes, uh, well, I don't know. I mean, I live here with my parents and my little sister, and I don't know. They'd be cool with it. And I was like, all right, well, just check. I mean, that'd be dope. That'd be cool to just be in California. I want to be out there. Gotta, gotta be out there for what I want to do. Because at that point, I wanted to really, really do and pursue fully music. We'll, we'll get there. So, um... He's like, all right, I'll ask. The, uh, he, I think he emailed me like a week later or something. was like, hey, listen, my parents don't think it's cool because, you know, my little sister's in the house and I don't know. And I was like, all right, let's chill. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine, whatever. Um, and so then I called my buddy Jordan and I was like, hey, man what's going on and uh I, oh i called him like when he got out of the mission because i i got home a little a little bit before he did and then he was like hey man what's up and i was like i'm moving to california in january january 1st or no in january and he's like cool and i go Psh, wish i had some place to stay and he goes stay with me man <laughs> I was like, what? He goes, yeah, you can crash at my parents' guest house. Dope. So I take, I save up, and I've been saving up 
and I save up fourteen hundred dollars, and I have <laughs> a case of Mountain Dew in the back of the car in a cooler, of course, and that's it. Well, I mean, my bags and stuff. Um, but I I moved away from home. Two thousand six. I think I left January second, or maybe like right before New Year's. <laughs> But I took two weeks to move to make the move because I had fourteen hundred dollars. I was never gonna die. I will never die. Fourteen hundred dollars. Um. So. I go to, the mall in Woodland Hills Mall that I've already talked about with TJ Cinnamons. And I'm devastated. Oh, I'm also chronicling my journey. At this point, I'd gotten into eBay and I got this camera. It was a digital camera. <laughs> And it had the, um, the little flap that opens up so you can see the screen as it's uh, taking the picture. And and it did audio, like audio only if you wanted, video, pictures. It was crazy. It was weird. Also, it wasn't that high quality. But I was taking videos of my whole journey all throughout. And it was crazy. At one point, I, I drove 13 and a half hours straight without sleeping and um i started to lose my mind and the car was slowly or very speedily almost out of gas and so i was driving up the rural route 89 and the reason i remember that is because i wrote a song about that road and just how much it sucks to drive on and i fucking hated it um but the reason that road sucks so much is because at night, there's nothing. There is absolutely nothing to see, to look at, nothing. All you're seeing is the road in front of you and mile and uh, reflective mile markers. And at a certain point while I was driving, those mile markers started coming at me. And I was like, okay, this is dangerous. I, re I recognize that this is dangerous. I need to get to the next city because I'm also about to run out of gas. <clears throat> so I'm just like... Hoping and hoping and hoping and hoping and hoping that I will putter and get make it to this next uh, little town. And I make it to the town. And it's the town right before the Lake... Lake... Um, Havasupai? Lake... Whatever the big lake is that's uh, at the bottom of... Um, at the bottom of Utah and top of Arizona. Because I was near the state line. So anyway, went to this Best Western and I was just like, hey, oh, I got gas. And then I went over to the hotel and I was like, hey, uh, I, uh, I'm driving just straight through and I'm really tired and I just need to crash for like four hours and then I'm going to be back on the road four or five hours or something. And, um, I was like, I just finished driving 13 and a half hours. She gave me a discount. $40 room. I think it was usually 70 So that was nice of you. Thank you, Best Western Lady. Um, and then I went up through um, Utah. And I hung out with old friends from the mission. Um, they, had, they had come back at this point. And then um, I hung out with um, my brother a little bit, I think. And my sister... Um, yeah, 
Yeah, I crashed on my sister's couch, I think. Because I just didn't have a place to stay because I was moving. Um, so anyway, I stayed in Utah for a couple of days. Then I drove down through Vegas. Stayed with my my cousin Jeremy and his wife Emily. And um, we hung out a little bit. And like um, they made me some food a couple times. And um, I had been there for maybe like three days. And then I was like, yeah, I gotta go. I gotta, what am I? And yeah, so I left, <laughs> I left Vegas. And then I went to Santa Maria and I visited a bunch of friends there. And that was awesome. Cause it was a big reunion time. It was like, oh man, I haven't seen you forever. How have you been? Oh man, this is great. Oh, I finally checked out um, Jerry's, I believe is the burger place. And it was delicious. Um, went on a date with um, with the aforementioned Kelly Stepmeyer. We went and saw Hostel? <laughs> Why the fuck? Why did we see Hostel? Oh, man. What a horrible, horrible choice for a date movie. Wow. We made out a little bit. That was cool. <laughs> Um, but then I, yeah, I spent another couple of days in Santa Maria and then, um, I drove down through LA on my way to Vista, California. And when I was in LA, I stopped off and hung out with my friend, Jared Malone, who since the, since my move down through, he's moved, moved back to Santa Barbara, gone to film school, and then he's back in uh, LA again now. Um, so I went to, um, yeah, I just went through LA and then I showed up in Vista and then, um, and then I, I was talking to Jordan on the phone and he goes, okay, so, uh, you know how, um, I said it was cool that you moved in with us and I was like, yeah. And he goes, well, my parents said no, but then I just told them that you just got here. So they have to say yes. So, uh, I'll see you in a few. Bye. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, what, what? What reality did I just step into? Ooh. Okay. So then his parents were mad at him, but then they couldn't be mad at me because I didn't know, but they were, they were mad at the situation. It was awkward. It was awkward for kind of everyone involved, but I got through it, you know? Um, I was moving because I had a job locked in, too. I, I had worked at FedEx, um, FedEx ground. And, um, at that job, I taught myself how to fall asleep standing up. That's right, everyone. <laughs> While your boxes were careening through our warehouse, I was up there making sure they were facing the right direction. And if they weren't, and if I was asleep standing up, then they would bang on this big metal sheet and it would wake me up and I'd fix it real quick. And I just fucking nailed that job with my eyes closed, literally. <laughs> I could do this job with my eyes closed. And I did. And by, by the time I quit, I was making 11.50 an hour. And that was, I was getting a quarter raise every three months. That was, that was a good job. Um, let's see. FedEx. 
oh yeah so that was one of the jobs i used to to move out here because i had a job connected in miramar and if anyone knows the distance between vista and miramar without looking it up uh it's about 20 20 30 miles maybe but getting there and getting back i i was arriving at vista with very little money now i had paid tuition and i um I, yeah i'd paid for my books and everything and um like i don't think i did student loans right basically is what i'm saying i think i fucked it up because i got the money but i don't think i ever got the money i don't know i never felt okay with money because of student loans like people who are like oh don't worry about it i got my student loans i never i never understood that so maybe i did it wrong maybe i just underused what i could have or should have or would have but i'm still paying off those stupid stupid student loans and um yeah so student loans and money with for my books and everything um going to school i i couldn't um take the job in miramar because i was afraid i wasn't gonna be able, be able to get there and back um for a week at a time without already running out of money so i had a guitar with me and i had some songs that i'd written and in my downtime of not working while i was also looking for work i would busk I played guitar for money in front of the movie theater, in front of the Krikorian Theater in Vista, California, and also at the pier, at Oceanside Pier. I'd play guitar for money. And sometimes, yeah, driving there and then um, playing for three hours and coming back with five bucks, that would suck really bad. Sometimes I would drive to the pier, though, and I'd come back with like 50 to 70 bucks, 75 one time. That was, that was awesome. Um, so yeah, that's what I was doing for money. And then I found a job at a pizza place. And then I found another job at Palomar College. Pizza place was dope because I got a free mini pizza, any kind I wanted for my shift. And the mini was eight inches and like, like, uh, you could just... I decked it out however I wanted. I invented a couple pizzas. There's Doug's Delight. Here you go, everyone. Um, pizza sauce on the bottom, of course. Jalapenos on the pizza sauce. A, a light uh, layer of cheese. Salami. A layer of ranch dressing. A layer of pepperoni. Red onions on top. And then a covering layer of cheese. So none of the toppings fall off and every bite's a surprise. Oh, man. Ranch in the pizza? You guys, I was a fucking visionary. <laughs> this other one that I made one time because um, the manager bought different, pep or, uh, bought different salami and I was pissed. Oh, that first one's called Doug's Delight. So the second one is called the dpoc the doug's pissed off creation so i went to make myself a pizza with the salami and i tried one of the salamis and it was it was shitty it was bad so um well to 
to the flavor that you like it. You know, like when it, like salami, it's a very particular. So anyway, um, this one was started the same with um, the sauce and jalapenos on the bottom, uh, covering layer of cheese, a layer of um, pepperoni, a layer of ranch. Um, red onions and sausage on the top and then a covering layer of cheese oh and also there was these bacon bits that were like fresh bacon bits and that on the top of the cheese Ooh-wee. oh man that was so good um so yeah i made one of those for my shift every shift um while i worked there and i worked at the foreign language lab at palomar college so because i spoke spanish it gave me more credibility to be able to help kids with their Spanish if they needed it. And, uh, sometimes I, I wouldn't, I would never just give them the answer because that was really boring to me. And I was like, well, then you're not learning anything. And that kind of defeats the purpose. And I already know Spanish. So let me, let me see what I can do. Um, so, and, but mainly though, kids would come up to me, they'd rent a, a DVD, and then I'd hand it to them and they'd go over to a computer and watch it for foreign language lab hours for like expo- uh, exposure to this different language in a, in a foreign film, which is cool. Um, and so while I was living, while, oh, so I, at this point, I'm no longer in Vista. I'm living in Escondido. I'm living in a finished, no, no, no. It was just like a stripped down nothing um one car garage but it was converted for a bedroom so there was no door there anymore and um and i got a roommate and we had um bunk beds at one point and then um and i i liked um the bottom bunk because i just was like i don't want to climb up to my bed when i when i go to sleep every night and then climb down every I don't know. So, bottom bunk, dope, because you could just fall into bed. Plus, the light is never an issue shining down on your eyes. Bunk bed, uh, uh, pro tip. <laughs> so, um, <clears throat> me and my roommate, my buddy Andrew, would hang out at our buddy Mike's place. And, um,. And it was chill. Like, there was a cool, like, hangout area behind the garage. It was like a guest house kind of cool den. And um, we would go over there enough to the point where Mike was like, Hey, guys, let's make your place really cool. Because I think he just didn't want us hanging around all the time, which, understandably so. But he helped us put like get free carpet from these guys, these construction guys that were just gonna throw it away. Um, he he had us get like the the stuff to build our own loft beds, and we did. We built our own loft beds. I mean, he did like the drilling into the wood and like the the uh, um, the cutting of the wood and stuff. I think we had that mostly done at Home Depot, though. Anyway, we built our own loft beds. I built my own loft bed once, you guys. And um, 
the thing of it was is I hated having to climb up there every night. And the one reason I hated it was because when we were making it, we made a step on the bottom, a step on the top, but then Mike was like, we don't need a step in the middle. You don't need a step in the middle because what if you like want to build a desk underneath or something? And I was like, oh yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> but I was really like, but I want to step in the middle. I don't want to have to like lunge up to... <laughs> I, I had to do this gymnastics move every night to hurl hurl myself up onto the top step and then onto my bed. Oh man, that was an annoying bed. I sold it or I gave it away. I can't remember. I just I got rid of it at one point cuz I was like, get this thing out of here. Um going to school. I was going to school and I had those two jobs. Um at one point um I moved to San Marcos because the house that I was in was getting foreclosed because the landlords who I was, who I'd been paying rent to. Oh, and, um, near the end of this, Andrew had moved out. Um, but so it was just me again, but they, the landlord hadn't been paying the rent to the land. <laughs> so he was no longer a Lord and they had to, uh, yeah, we got, um, for the house got foreclosed, so I had to move, and I had, like, I think 30 days notice, which sucked. So, found this place, it was, um, female preferred roommate, because I would be living with, um, this girl Nuwangi and this girl Janine, and they were both awesome. Um... And I got that, I got that room. It was another garage, so I went from garage to garage. This one was actually finished already, so there's carpet, and it was kind of nice in there. And it was while I was living there that I um, got my first piano. I got my first piano, which has smashed into a million pieces and is now an art thing that I made. It's hanging on my wall. Um, but this piano I got was free, and it was an upright, and it was in some guy's shed. And um, and he was like, it's probably has some water damage from the storm. And I was like, I don't care. I just want a piano. I'm so psyched to get this piano. <clears throat> so I get the piano. I get it home. And, um... And, um... I'm playing on it, and not all the keys are playing, and I'm like, oh, I wonder what that is. And I think it's some of the water damage. So I take apart the piano, and I see that some of the keys that are sticking, like they're they're grappled onto the, the little hooks that they go into when you drop them down onto the, um, where they go. And um, so I kind of got them out, and I bored the holes a little bit more so that they could just rest on it instead of being strangled onto this metal spike. And I fixed those keys. And um, and there was another key that wasn't working. And one of this, th these paper-looking things were holding the keys to the hammers, which would make the hammers hit the harp, and that makes the sound. 
and uh, a couple of them were broken, and I got string, and I just, I think it was thread, and I um, tied, I think I wrapped it around a, a few times before I tied it, but um, I fixed that too. Uh, the pedals weren't working. I took off the the plate on the bottom and I I got in there and I figure out figured out what was going on. I fixed that too. Um, and then at that point, it was time to call a tuner. So I called a piano tuner. He comes over and he's like, "How old is this piano?" <laughs> and I said, "I don't know." And he was like, "I think it's turn of the century. This looks really old." And I said, "Okay, well, can you tune it?" And he goes, yeah, yeah, I'm going to tune it. I, wow, wow, this is so old. He's just fa fascinated with how old it is. Um, so then he's like, it'll probably be a few hours. If you want to leave or something, that's fine. And I did. And then I came back and he had tuned the piano. And he goes, I tuned it a half a step down because I wasn't sure uh if the strings would break so it's a half a step down is that, is that okay and i was like yeah i guess i mean if all the keys work it should be fine so then i go and i'm starting to play brick the ben folds five song because that was one of the um first songs i taught myself the piano i don't know the whole thing but um i started playing it and that song is at the bottom of my singing register and when I wasn't able to sing it, I was like, oh, fuck this. Fuck this piano. Yeah, it is, it is too, it is too, or, uh, too low. So I went out to Guitar Center. Do you guys sell piano, piano tuners? No. Then I went to a piano store. A store where they sell only pianos. Do you guys sell piano tuners? Um, we have these cards with information on people who tune pianos. Is that what you mean? <sighs> no. <laughs> then I go to this little music shop slash studio that shares a space with a Taekwondo studio. And I go in there and they have a couple miscellaneous instruments and stuff. And I just go, do you guys have a piano key tuner? And she goes, square peg or star? And I was like, what? Square. And then she was like, all right. And she goes and grabs it. And she goes, we always keep one on hand of each, just in case someone comes comes in looking for one. And I was like, dope. So then I took this piano tuner home, piano tuning key home, and I start to tune my piano by pitch through, um, pitch through, my guitar and also um i think i went online and i was using this website just to get the get the key note and um and then just going through and i was kind of doing it by ear too because i was i had to tune every string up every key up so for those of you who don't know the first maybe um 20 keys on a piano are um are one string each maybe 20 maybe 15 just like way low down there one string each the next um 
40 or so. Um, 30, 30 to 40 keys are two strings each. And then the rest are three strings each. So that's when it gets really complicated because then you're like, you're, you're battling with three different pitches while you're tuning and it gets really, uh, really hard to hear. But three and a half, four hours later, my piano was tuned. I was playing brick and I was loving it. Um, then I moved to Vista. Vista. Oh, wait, before I moved to Vista, my hours were going down at the, um, at the Palomar college. Like I started just not being on the schedule as much. And, um, and it was this lady, she was phasing me out. Like she fucking hated me. I go at one point I was like, you're firing me because you hate me. And she goes, Oh no. If I could, if I could fire you because of that, you, you would have been fired a long time ago. And I was like, Ooh, you vindictive bitch. Ooh, I forgot her name. So she'll remain anonymous. (laughs) Oh no. If it was for that, I would have fired you a long time ago. I was like, Oh wow. She actually said that out loud to my face, to my fucking face. Um, so I was also working at the pizza, the pizza joint and, uh, my hours were fine there, but just no deliveries. When you work a pizza delivery place and you don't get any deliveries, guess what? You don't make any money because I was working maybe four or five hours a night and sometimes pulling in, uh, $10 in tips, uh, $8 in tips, just really, really small because it was an individual place. It was a, it wasn't a chain. It was just this place. that was a staple in, in San Marcos and, um, Rossi's pizza. And, uh, yeah. So I had to look for new work. I went to, um, Papa John's because I was like, at least they'll be consistent. At least I'll have hours and at least I'll have deliveries. And sometimes that was sparse because, because Papa John's does sells so much pizza, they need multiple, multiple drivers. And so sometimes there'd be four or five drivers and, um, not too many deliveries. And so the same thing was happening. So I was getting hours, but not really getting enough in tips to justify working there. So then I, then I worked at Sammy's wood fired pizza And I was still living in San Marcos. And while living in San Marcos, I was living above my means to a point where I was, um, I was like, uh-oh, what do I do? U.S. Bank. Hey, U.S. Bank, can I have some money? I swear I'll pay it off. I promise. So they were like, how much do you make a month? And I was like, um, I don't know, maybe 1200 At the time, that was... That was the truth. I was maybe, I maybe stretched it to 1200 from around a thousand. So, um, they go, we'll just say 2000. And I was like, um, okay. Mind you, this is right before the, the, uh, banking crisis, the mortgage crisis. And, um, so I was like, yeah, around 
around 1200 we'll just say 2000 that's what they said to my face to my fucking face and then they go we can give you our highest um premier line loan for eight thousand dollars and i was like what eight thousand dollars oh man i'll never have to pay that back i'll never use it i'll never have to use it i'll just dip into it sometimes also at the time gas was 459 a gallon so i was working pizza delivery not making that much and gas was 459 a gallon um so then i was like well i gotta get out of this pizza delivery game i'm gonna go to another pizza place that's right everyone i worked three pizza places in a row <laughs> if you ever doubt how much i love pizza you don't know me um so i went to um sammy's wood-fired pizza because they were opening a new restaurant and I was there for the opening, and we, we tried all the food. Like, that was part, a big part of it. Another big part of it was, like, the, the servers wear all black because they're supposed to blend in with the, uh, with the restaurant, that the service is supposed to speak for itself, you know? And, um, which is kind of lame because it didn't give me a chance to... Uh, I mean, I was funny as much as I could be, you know? Like, I wasn't like, ooh, another table to make laugh. But, um, the service to speak for itself. Um, so yeah, that, the food there is amazing. Um, I, I loved that job, but I left it because at a certain point I was like, well, I could go on to be a trainer and then maybe an assistant manager or a manager or just not work in food anymore. And, um, so at that point I went to, um... Oh, but before that, my my manager Patrick was like, Is, "If any, if you guys know anyone who's looking for a place, me and my wife are gonna rent out this extra room." I was looking for a place because I was suffering, money wise, every month, just little by little, just ticking away, just ticking away at that loan, just oh, just a little bit. It's it'll be fine, it'll be fine, it'll be fine. And then I was like, "Yeah, I gotta fucking go. I need to move because I cannot afford this." And um. And. So I went to that room. Um, wow, I remember the address now. I forgot it for a little bit. But in Vista. And um, <clears throat> and it was chill. Like, they were very chill about um, j just, like, everything. Like, it was very chill household. It was cool. They were always cool. And, um, and then I convinced my buddy Tyler to move out here who has been a guest on the previous episode of the podcast i convinced him to move out to san diego county to vista to live in that little bedroom with me <laughs> we shared that little tiny bedroom and um and it was fun but we needed to move out and then we did <laughs> but so that was the story of my piano actually we were moving out and um my my buddy omar is helping us he's got his truck and then tyler and me and we're we all shove the piano onto the truck and we've shoved a lot of bags and stuff on either side of the truck or on either side of the piano and um 
I think it was Omar or Tyler or both of them that were like, you think we should tie it down before we go? And then I go, nah, it'll be fine. We're only going like 10 blocks anyway. Hey, Doug, you dumbass. So, so hold on. I'm, I'm almost there. I'm almost to, hey, Doug, you dumbass. So then Omar starts driving. <laughs> he barely pushes his foot on the gas and we hear, cling, cling. <laughs> and I laugh my ass off, and Tyler laughs his ass off, and Omar laughs his ass off, and we're dying. We're just like, oh no. And I'm like, oh no. That's very unfortunate, but it was a free piano, and I did put all that work into it. But it's just a piano. Like, I can get another one at some point. And um, I was just like, oh, man. And then Tyler's like, dude, you should get some, like, pictures next to the body. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's a really good idea. So I got a bunch of pictures next to the dead piano. And I think they're still up on my MySpace. Um, and so, oh, yeah. So then he goes, dude, you should, like, get... Um, like keep some of it and then make some cool art thing out of it. And I was like, yeah, yeah, that's a really good idea. So then I grabbed, um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten keys, I think. And the, 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 the music holder thingy and the two pedals and, um, two of the hammers. And I made this art thing out of it. And it's just been a cool, like, reminder of, like, hey, remember when that smashed into a million pieces? Remember when you first had this piano and, like, babied it and, like, took care of it and brought it back to life? Oh, that was fun. That's the story of my first piano. Um, but that coincided with Vista and moving to this new place where me and Tyler lived. And then we were trying to convince our friend Josh to move out there. And then he finally did with our other friend Gary. Um, but yeah, the place that me and Tyler moved to had a pool. It was a two-story house. We had the two rooms up upstairs. And um, when Josh and Gary moved in, me and Josh were roommates, and then Tyler and Gary were roommates. And um, and then Gary was like, "I need my own place later, guys." <laughs> and he moved. Um, he moved in with my, wait, my ex, but just like living in her extra bedroom. And I was like, oh, all right, well, it's convenient because it's closer to LA. Like he really wanted to be in LA, but he had to be in Vista for the time being, you know, he felt like he was suffering in Vista kind of thing. And, um, and I was chilling in Vista. And, um, so he moved to Irvine. That's where my ex lived. And, um, he, he had the extra bedroom. And, um, so then me and Josh still shared a room. Tyler had his own room and it was chill. And then, um, then I'm working at where? Oh yeah, so was this um credit card company 
credit card processing place. And um, it always felt kind of shady or shitty. Well, I mean, it was... We were... If anyone's ever seen Glengarry Glen Ross, it's kind of like that. Where are the leads? Um, we've called these leads for weeks now. When can we get more leads? That's what it was. And it sucked because it felt like a just a rat race of people calling and selling and selling and selling. And um, at one point, I like I just did not want to be on the phones anymore. But I was... I was still energetic because I just wanted to maybe move up and not have to be on the phones anymore. And at a certain point I was, um, a team lead. And as the team lead, you just kind of walk around and talk to people between their calls and just, um, make sure that they're chill and that they're, uh, um, getting their, getting sales and just don't worry about it. Just keep calling and, Oh, have you gotten a hold of them? No, well then call again and um a lot of that. A lot of that stuff where you're like, "Ugh. Oh man, that job." So, I was team lead and um and then they were like, "We're going to open a new position inside sales and it's going to be through referrals only, referrals and people who like maybe email in and ask about it and um, so I was going to be the manager of all those callers and, um, I was, and that's when, um, Tyler moved out and he was one of my callers and we were open for one more week. And, uh, then we closed down. We got shut down. We all got laid off. <laughs> And we were uh, welcome to come back as as callers, and um, and I was like, I don't, I nope. And then um, and so then Tyler was panicking because no job, and then he went back in and he was a caller and he did he did well, and then he also helped them with some IT stuff, and then um, he helped them with a lot of stuff that they, like that they hadn't anticipated. And so he was kind of like a, uh, a go-to guy for, uh, their, their technology department. And, um, so then he was working and I was on unemployment. And at a certain point he was like unlawfully terminated. And then, so he was, um, also on unemployment. Um, he had to like petition for it and stuff. They made it really hard for him to get, but, and then Josh moves out and <laughs> and he's like, whoa, wait, what? You guys are both unemployed. I got a job so fast, dude. And he did. And um, I think he's been working at that same job since. But it was crazy because me and Tyler were like, we were trying to get in shape. We were trying to... Um, like eat healthy and we were swimming in the morning and stuff and um just kind of like get back on track and like really get out there get a job like really and we were we were still on the job search but um not a lot came came down the lines and um sorry i'm applying for this 
gig real quick. Okay. So, Josh gets out here with, with Gary. Um, Gary's working remotely. He's set. Josh gets a job. He resents the fact that me and Tyler don't have jobs, which I mean, yeah, I, I totally get it. Um, and then I got a job, um, helping people, um, get to and from doctor's appointments and, um, yeah, just medical driver pretty much. And I got to see all of San Diego County, like all of it from San Isidro to El Cajon to El Centro to Warner Springs to, um, Victorville. That's not even San Diego County, but that's where someone's insurance was like, yeah, you can do this. So that was one trip, one ride that whole day. Um, yeah, uh, Imperial Beach, just all of it everywhere. Calexico a couple times. Um, I think I'm pretty sure it was like the border, a border town between California and Mexico. I believe it was Calexico, but yeah, that job took me everywhere. The thing that sucked about that job and, um, the thing that was cool, I'll say first was, um, I, I got to just hang out in my car and, um, sometimes just watch videos or, um, listen to music and podcasts. I listened to a lot of podcasts then. And, um, and yeah, I don't know. So that job was chill. Oh, the thing that sucked about it is that I didn't know the time that I was going to start until about eight or 9 PM the night before. So that made things hectic in that, uh, the girl that I was dating at the time, um, was like, when will you be home? And I was like, I don't know, <laughs> because I also didn't know what time the day would end. It was, um, undetermined what time I would start until about eight or 9 PM. And then I didn't know what time my day would end. Cause sometimes it wouldn't end till around eight or 9 PM. Like sometimes there were really late days and I couldn't plan my life around that job at all. So I was secretly looking for other work. And I got this temp job at, um, at this clinical diagnostics place and it was dope and I was the label guy and I made all the labels and um, no no products left or came in without um, getting a label from me first and um, I just had it set and there was bonuses and um, and then um, I got engaged and I got married and it was a quick eight months to realize that it was not right. It just, it sucked chemically just on a sheerly chemical level of just like, Oh yeah, this person does not work for me. It totally, totally sucked. Um, we went to marriage counseling and like, it just, nothing was going to make it better. And then we got separated. And after that, like I really did. I felt just this huge weight lift off of my mind 
and off of my shoulders of like because also while we were together i wasn't inspired i wasn't writing anything i wasn't writing any music i wrote these two songs because one was because she had asked me why i hadn't written her a song yet and then the other one was an apology song and both of them just felt like <sighs> horrible to play um because they didn't they weren't they didn't come from like a real sincere place anyway so that all ended and it was a very celebratory moment for both of us because why be with someone if you're miserable while you're with them and you don't want them to feel that you're miserable because you're with them and then there's just this, this crazy cycle of just yeah this sucks i don't know oh man um so yeah after the separation and the divorce, um, I had started going to thrift stores and yard sales to find chairs to run a stand-up show out of my place. And that's when I started running our apartment comedy show. Because when you're here, it's our apartment. That was the one in Vista. And um, it got some traction. People came to it. Like, I advertised it on um, Facebook and maybe Twitter a little bit. I don't know if I was really in on Twitter at that point. But maybe. Our, no, our apartment comedy show, no. But, um, but yeah, I, um, I think I advertised it online a couple other places. But people showed up. And people came to the show. And it was a free show. And it was... Um, the stage was the, um, it wasn't a balcony, but pretend there's a balcony, but on the ground. And then the, um, the chairs were just out there in the garage area. And I do that once a, once a week. And it was really fun. It started out as a, um, kind of like an open mic thing. And I would just ask people who wanted to do it and who, and, um, people would ask me if they could do it. And then I moved to L.A. I was able to save up, and all that money's gone now, but I was able to save up and move up here with no real plan. The plan was just to, I don't know, work and keep working, survive and keep surviving, and keep making money, and uh, I've barely been able to do that. Uh, the last, last few months have been pretty hard. Um, but you know, I keep working gigs. I just got called from a call from a, an agent. Um, so we're gonna, we're gonna talk next week. So that could be chill. Um, yeah. Oh, so moving to LA, that was huge, huge for me. Because I was like, I'm here. I even looked for a place that maybe had, uh, would be able to put Hollywood on an envelope <laughs> if, if you wanted to. Oh man. And it's, and it wasn't like in, in Hollywood, Hollywood. It was like just outside, but it, it's still like, if I would have put Hollywood, California on my envelopes, then I, or I could put it on my license or something. I never did that. <laughs> But when I first moved there, I was like, yeah, dope. 
because this is where I want to be. There's so many comedy shows. There's so many, there's so many things to do. Uh, there's so much music. Um, <clears throat> so I moved up, didn't have a job. I'd go to a lot of comedy shows. I'd go to uh, Meltdown Comics a lot, uh, a lot. Like sometimes four, five times a week. Because also moving up there, I knew a couple LA people from being in the comedy scene starting out in San Diego, but I didn't, I didn't super know them well, and um, I don't know, I didn't have like a friend base in LA, it was just like I knew a couple scattered people, and oh, oh, I've run into them and stuff, um, so I got this place, I was living in a, in a one-bedroom apartment with this El Salvadorian lady, and um, her bedroom was the entire living room. So her bed and her couch and her TV and all of her stuff, her cabinets and whatever, were all out in the open in the living room. And I had people over to do my podcast in that place. They'd be like, what is, what is all this? <laughs> now the snake is eating its own tail. Um, so... Yeah, up in L.A., trudging along. Um, you guys ever pop your elbows or your knees? Don't do that, because I've been doing that for years, and um, at a certain point I was trying to pop my elbows and my knees, not at the same time, but just uh, probably a few days apart. And one time... I went to pop my elbow and it wouldn't pop and so I just kept trying and I think I like snapped the the tendon and then like an idiot I kept popping my elbows and um, I, I snapped the one on the right and then I was just cracking my knees you know just cracking away you know how you do don't do that because now I'm walking with a cane and I hope it's temporary but it just sucks right now because it's kind of hard to get around and I I take public transportation uh, trying to do that more because just trying to take it easy on my shitty tendons um, this cane I got was my grandma's and she died about a month ago and um, we all got to keep something that reminded us of her and month two maybe two months ago now but one of the things i got was this cane and i was like hope i won't have to be using this thing right 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 the cruel irony is that uh it's a cursed cane it's a cursed cane and now i have the curse and uh that's why my legs aren't working not because cracking my knees no way no sir no way no how um, but I think it's from cracking my knees. Um, what else? You know, I've worked some gigs. It's been a really great ride here in LA. I love it here still. Um, and that's me, you know? I made, I've made my face at font. I got a, um, tablet gifted to me from my friend Tyler, whom, whom you all know from the story of moving out and getting fired while I was his boss because we all got fired. Um, he gave me a tablet and then I discovered a, a love of drawing that I had, 
but maybe just forgot I had. Because usually when I draw stuff, it doesn't come out looking like the thing that it's supposed to look like. And, I mean, that's just abstract, you know? And some people like it, and some people don't. And I think it's dope. So that's how I draw. Because I try when I try and draw realistic things, it just does not turn out realistic. Um, but I bring that up because I got that Face It font that I've been working on. I'm working on letter number 19 right now, which is N. And it's been really fun. And as soon as I'm done with all these letters, I'm going to be able to have my own shit on shirts. And then when comp or when uh, jobs and gigs say no logos, no logos, no logos, then I'll go, yo, but what if it's my logo? And they'll have no choice but to praise me and laud me at the achievement of breaking the fucking no logos system. Damn it. <sighs> so that's made me really mad through all of the gigs that I've done. This is like no logos, no logos, no logos, no logos, no logos, no logos, no logos. Every fucking shirt I have has a logo on it. It's how I've expressed myself ever since I was around uh, 10 or so when I first started shopping at the thrift store when we lived in Santa Maria. And for them to be like, no logos, no logos, no logos, no logos, no logos, no logos, no logos. We like your character look. No logos, no logos, no logos, no logos, no logos, no logos. Just let me use my own fucking logo. Please. Um. Yep. I've got a phone. I've got a wallet. I've got a bedroom. I've got a roof over my head. And, um. It's been a it's been a good episode. This this episode maybe went longer than some of you would have liked, but if you listened to the whole thing, thank you. And I'm gonna yeah I'm gonna finish it there because I'm gonna go set up for duplex comedy suplex, and um yeah yeah thanks for listening. This is Doug Culp, and you've been listening to. You and me and Thoughts and Talk with Doug Culp. <laughs>